So don't worry, I was done at 10.15 first service, so y'all are in for a treat today. Courtney said she was going to text her dad and say, we took a vote, mom's in. (laughs) I hope you still feel the same way after I talk to you about what God has laid on my heart today. But I want to tell you that um, my prayer to you this morning, because I want to start out with that, is that you will leave here with exactly what God wants you to leave out of here with. That everybody's in a different place with God in their walk. And if, But if you open your mind and your heart to him, who made you, you will leave him here with him have spoken to you today. Okay? We're going to start out in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. This verse says this, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. A short little phrase, isn't it? But it's very powerful. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, it says, honor God with your body. Now, the first verse here is not talking about the body of Christ, the church. It's talking about the individual body. You are only responsible for yourself. Now, some of us have children, and we're responsible for them, or we may be taking care of our parents up in their years, and we're responsible for them right now, whatever season it is. But between you and God, you are responsible for yourself. If you don't quite understand that part of the verse, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, well, see, what we believe and know to be true here at Glad Tidings is that once you give your heart to the Lord and what some people call get saved, then Jesus comes in and lives inside of you and helps you through this life by sending the Holy Spirit to live inside of you and me to strengthen us, to empower us, to encourage us, to heal us in our time of need, and to guide us. And many more things. I'm sure if I open the floor, you could all have stories of what God has done for you personally. So I ask you that have not made that commitment, I ask this for you to think about this today. If you have never made that decision to give your life to the Lord, to think about this being your day. Because that is why God sent his only son, was for me and you to choose Jesus and to ask him. He's not going to bang the door down. He wants us to ask him to come into our lives, forgive us of our sins, and be the Lord of our lives. And to mean it with our whole heart. That is what it means when you see the verse, and the part of the verse here where it says, You were bought with a price. 
He sent that only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for my sins and yours, to take our place. So therefore, we should honor God with our bodies, right? Everybody in agreement with that? All right, let's see if you're still in agreement after I tell you what we're going to talk about. Because I feel that God has given me a topic today to talk about something in regarding to doing just that, honoring God with our bodies. Gluttony. I know you're sitting in your pew, and if I was sitting there and someone else was up here preaching and they said the word gluttony, I would squirm a little bit going, but gluttony. Let's, uh, let's see what God has to say. It's not a very highly talked about topic in the church, is it? I don't think being raised up in the church that I've ever heard gluttony being even preached from the pulpit in all my 46 years of going to the, my church, my AG churches. And I think maybe it's because no one has it down or Maybe it's kind of one of those things that we don't want to go there. We don't want to think about it. But we all deal with this in some way, form, or fashion. Either we are dealing with it now, or we deal with it, you know, or we have before. And a lot of us, though, don't even let this topic come on our radar screen, do we? Because we just don't want to go there. Is it because we just don't want to think about it, or is it because we don't see it as a problem? So let's look and see what the world says about gluttony, okay? Because I was looking, since God has been talking to me about this, I was looking at some advertisements on TV. McDonald's advertisement is, I'm loving it. Well, now they're telling me what I'm loving, and they're telling you what you're loving, a sandwich full of grease. That's great. I'm loving it, yeah. Or you've got the pizza commercial. It says, goodness in each box. Oh, really? Let's think about that goodness. What nutritional value is there really in a pizza? Right? Or Coca-Cola. Open up happiness. That's going to bring you happiness is that Coca-Cola. There you go. All problem solved, right? But we're being deceived. We have to have our eyes wide open to see what we're really being told and what we're going to let go into us and really go in here and in here and apply it to our lives. I had a lady I used to work with from Calvary Chapel. She still attends there, and she said they used to call it Calorie Chapel. She said because that was all Christians get left to do after they give their heart to the Lord is eat. And at the time, I agreed with her. How sad is that? But I remembered that as God was putting this message on my heart, and I thought, that's so wrong. That's not all we have left to look forward to. There is so much more to being a child of God, isn't there? So much more. In Romans 12, 2, It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your what? Mind. 
then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I also think that sometimes we justify this sin by saying to ourselves, well, I'm not a murderer. I may lie sometimes, but I'm not as bad as a murderer. So who is determining what is the worst sin? Yours, my mind, are we determining that? Because God says this in Isaiah, he says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. And he is the one we need to honor with our bodies, right? He's the one we want to please. So how does God see a murderer and a liar? Sin is sin. As I was thinking and praying on what God wanted me to say about this, this particular topic, there were many verses that kept coming across my path that I'd never seen in this particular way before. Such as 1 Corinthians 6.12 says this, Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Psalms 107.9, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. He does. 2 Corinthians 7, 1. Since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. And 2 Corinthians 6, 16. For we are the temple of the living God, the living God. As God has said, I will live with them, and I will walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Now, that's just a few of the verses that the, in the Bible that reminds us our obedience to him and not the flesh. Our obedience to him and not the flesh. Gluttony's definition is this. It is an inornate desire, desire, to consume more than that which one requires. It is the act or habit of eating or drinking too much, overindulging. In a lot of countries, overindulging isn't even in their vocabulary. They barely have enough to get by from day to day. And yet we have so much right in our faces. This is actually one of the seven deadly sins. I didn't even know this, this was out there. I did because I'd heard it in my, growing up in my church years, but I didn't remember it until I was talking to someone about what I was going to preach on, and they mentioned this, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So let's look at the seven deadly sins. Pride. Envy. Lust, anger, greed, gluttony, and sloth. If you take a look at these particular, particular seven sins, you would see why they would be considered the seven deadly sins, right? You could see how they would, these struggles would keep us walking in the flesh and not the spirit. So let's look at them a minute. 
We're not going to go over each one. We're just going to look at the definition. Pride. Pride is excessive belief in one's own abilities that interferes with the individual's recognition of the grace of God. It has been called the sin from which all other arises. Pride is also known as vanity. Envy. It is the desire for others' traits, statuses, abilities, or situation. Lust is an inornate craving for the pleasures of the body. Anger is manifested in the individual who spurns love and opts instead for fury. Greed is the desire for material wealth or gain, ignoring the realm of the spiritual. The two can't reside together, can they? And sloth, this one kind of got me. Sloth is the avoidance of physical or spiritual work. Woe. Whoa. But we're only going to deal with gluttony. This is, if you want to dig into those seven, if you feel adventurous, you go right ahead. And let God deal with us on how he wants to do that. But we're only going to deal with gluttony today. But that really opened my eyes to where God sees things, right? You know nothing is impossible with God in Matthew 19, 26. We know that, right? We, we cling on to that when there's a trial in our life or a situation. Nothing is impossible with God. But the key words here are with God, right? How many times have you tried to do something on your own and you have failed? You've done it on your own strength, your own ability. You think, I got this. I don't need God. I've got this. And you have failed. We have to choose, though, to let him come in and work on us through these struggles, such as gluttony. And any struggle that you battle with, you have to choose to let God be a part of that. That's the first step. I have um, recently been on my own journey, and I call it a journey because I'm still on it, and uh, about eating healthier and my portions And in the process, I've had things come my way, which I feel and I believe it is God speaking to me and showing me certain things. I've had certain articles in the paper, or I've come across people, conversations with people, or um, um, at first I started removing, you know, the sodas and the chips from the house, and I was starting to think, you know, we need to start doing better. I started eating lunches better at work, and making choices for myself. And when it came to supper, I wasn't so concerned. And so I was kind of on the path. But then uh, I want to show just share just a couple of things with you this morning on a little bit of my journey. Um, we went out to lunch with Peter, who's our drummer, who's away with his family right now, and, um, and his wife, Angelina. And Angelina is a, a diabetic pediatrician. So... Um, so we were talking to her, and my sister's a diabetic, my baby sister, Valerie. So um, we were talking to her about sodas, and we brought up sodas. And we said, so we go, well, you know, one soda a day is, you know, anything in moderation is okay, right? And 
she looks at us and goes with her look that her daughter, her oldest daughter, Amelie, has. And I could see Amelie bouncing out of her. And she was like, well, is a little bit of sin okay? And I went, I was like, come on. I was like, (laughs) so that was the first conversation. I was like, oh, man. And so it kind of got me and it kind of made me think, you know, I got to be a little, God kind of worked on me about a couple of things. I got to be more. I got to be more mindful. I got to be more mindful about my intake and what I'm putting inside of my body. Then I went to my chiropractor and I was getting adjusted. And, uh, and as I'm getting adjusted, I look over and I see this uh, flyer and it's this diet plan. And it said, lose a pound a day without exercise. I was like, hmm. And I was thinking, no exercise. Who has time for exercise, right? Right. So especially with the schedules here. So I was like, okay, well, that was curious. And then I was like, and I'm not a big one for diets. I don't jump on the bandwagon of every diet out there. But I looked at Selwyn. I I talked to him about it afterwards, and we talked. And then we made an appointment to talk to my chiropractor about it. And I know my chiropractor. He's He's kind of a health nut, so I know he's not going to be promoting something bogus. So uh, we listened to what it was, and it cost a little bit of money. And so we just weighed out the options, and we decided that we would invest in this for me. And, um, and I just needed something that would give me a kickstart. That was my mindset, right? Something to get me on the right path. Little did I know that God was going to use that diet slash plan because it really isn't a diet because once I started doing it I started realizing it's teaching me how to eat properly it was giving me the portions and the amounts was telling me to eat the lean meats and to you know more vegetables and fruit things that we know but because of our daily schedules we just everything's fast food everything's go get that pizza you know and throw a little salad and you'll be okay because it's healthy salad's healthy yeah you know So we just kind of, you know, justify all these things in our head. But it taught me how to eat correctly and to reevaluate myself and my schedule and my families. See, it's not just affecting us. It's affecting our families. So I made the commitment for a month to eat this certain plan and eat just what was on the plan. Drink a gallon of water a day, blah, 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 all these different things, you know, hormone creams, all that stuff, and different drops here and there. So, and I had accountability through my husband because I was taking some monies from our family to invest in myself. So I wanted to make sure that I was going to be in it, that I had the will and the mindset to do it. Because a lot of us know when it comes to a diet, you got to have the mindset, or it's just... You're just wasting your time. You got to be ready here. So I was, uh, so I was doing it. I was committed. I did it for a month, and I lost 20 pounds. And I was like, "Praise God!" You know, that's huge. But like I told you, God used it because it readjusted my thinking. It helped me to learn and remember how I should have been eating all along. So then, last but not least, 
God brought me across this book. We had a, I just finished this book that we were going to do for our women's retreat called Confident Beauty, and our retreat speaker had written this book. So I finished that one, and Kathy had just gotten finished doing the LSL group of Made to Crave. And so we switched books. And so I started reading Made to Crave. Oh, my goodness. Just more and more information was dumped on me, and I was convicted, and I was like, it got me to where I've been exercising now. I make the time. We make the time for what we want to, right? But we need to make time for the things that we need to do, too. So I've been running every other day, running, walking. Let's not think I'm a marathon person here, okay, because I'm not. Because I don't like running, okay? But I know I need to move more than I need to be eating. So I'm trying to learn. But this book opened my eyes to so many different things for me. And once again, it was God speaking to me. And I love that because I love how we can read the Word of God and God can speak to us or God can speak to us through people or articles or however God, if God, God used a donkey for goodness sake to speak to someone in the Bible. But isn't it awesome how you can read a book and it can come to life to you and God can speak to you through someone else's struggle or someone else's battle or whatever they've went through. And God can use that to minister to us. So the one thing that it really showed me was this. My struggle with food is no different than the alcoholic struggle with the drink. My struggle with food is no different than the drug addiction for the addict. They're all temptations. They're sitting there looking us in the face going, I'll take care of your need. I'll pacify you. I'll do that for you. I could have chosen. I could have chosen as God was talking to me through people and through this plan and this book and all those verses that were packed in that book to not listen to him and what he was saying to me. But he loves me enough to want more for me. And I was made for more than this struggle with food. I was made, and you're made for more than the struggle with food or with whatever struggle it is you're going through today, this morning. You were made for more. That's what he sees in you. You were made for more. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. Praise God. So temptation is a very real battle, isn't it? I mean, we've got those advertisements looking at us in the face all the time. And God knew it was going to be, didn't he? Because he put all these verses about temptation in the Bible. One of them is 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And he says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he gives us this, doesn't he? He shows us what to do. He will always provide a way out so that you can endure it. That's the good news, is there is a way out. I remember when I was uh, first saved that 
I was dealing with temptation. Um, and it was relationships with, with the opposite sex. So I was like, I was really battling temptation. And God was showing me, in, and a year later, I went back and saw in my Bible where I had marked all these verses on temptation throughout my Bible. See, God knows exactly what we need in exactly the time we need it. And he will lead you and guide you to that. So just be open to that because you have no idea the healing he wants to bring to you and the power he wants to give you over that particular thing. See, Eve was tempted in Genesis, and even Jesus himself was tempted, wasn't he? And he was tempted by the very one that tempted Eve and you and me. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you. Your, for my power is made perfect in weakness. See, God knew we were going to be weak. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness, in insult, in injury, in hardship, sorry, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. See, in leaning on God and not ourselves, we affirm God's strength. We affirm it that it's not in our own power. When we lean on him, we're affirming his strength through us. Just like any temptation, like I said, sometimes we have to physically run from it. And it's just like the alcoholic, right? If they battle with a drink, they have to sometimes remove themselves from a position. Or either they have to have the mindset ready for that battle. And asking God to help them to not give in to it if they can't physically remove themselves. The addict is the same way. But when you are able to say no to the temptation, you are empowered every single time you don't give in to that. Every single time. I mean, think about it. How many times have you been able to ask God to help you over a certain difficulty and he's been able to give you the strength not to do it, and you have been the stronger for it. And there's this something inside of the human body that says, yes, I can do that. But you know it's God helping you to do it. God has healed me from other struggles that I've dealt with in my life, and he's dealt with things in yours. So what is the difference about this struggle? He will help us if, if we let him in, to do this, and it begins with our mindset, right? Everything begins right here. Remember that wheel and our mindsets. We have to let God, we have to invite God in to help us. The bottom line is this. God wants us to be satisfied with him. We sing the songs, God is enough, right? Is he? God wants us to be satisfied with him. He should be enough. Not us looking to other things to satisfy us, especially food. You see how Satan's kind of deceived us and made us kind of not 
even think about those things. The overindulgence of food, it also has its consequences to this temple of God, our bodies, that have been called for more than just this. It's not good for our health. It drains us. We don't have good energy when we overindulge. We don't feel good about ourselves spiritually, physically, or emotionally. I mean, think about it. Remember the lies that Satan tells you. And we don't function in the kingdom of God the way we should because of how we feel about ourselves. These are just a few of the things of how overindulging can affect us. But you know the guilt. You know the guilt that Satan puts over you. So what is the root of the matter? It is really about spiritual deprivation. Our souls, those places you can't see, but you know they're in there. Our souls long to be filled with more of God. Do you get that? Your soul longs to be filled with more of God. Psalms 42, 1 through 2 says this, and we sing this song all the time. As the deer pants for the streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with, with God? In the book Made to Crave, the lady who wrote it, Lisa, says this, if we fail to understand how to fill our souls with spiritual nourishment, we will be triggered to numb our longings with temporary physical pleasures. Isn't that so true with the alcoholic? My understanding is they drink because it takes them somewhere in their mind for just a little while so they don't have to deal with their problem. The same thing with the addict. They do the drugs because I just won't have to think about it right now. But when they come out of it, it's still there. That problem is still there. That temptation is still there. And we do the same with food sometimes, don't we? I remember thinking that, um, you know how ladies, we tend to say, Food is our, uh, uh, this is my comfort food, is like chocolate or something. But um, to me, food is my comfort. That was my comfort. Food alone, period. I, I couldn't wait just to sit down. The plate of food was mine. That wasn't my kids. It wasn't anybody's I had to share it with. That's mine. All mine, right here. This is me. It's all about me and the plate. <laughs> I didn't have to share it. After my kids got older, I was like, this is mine, you know? Because as moms, we don't get a lot of free time. We don't get a lot of us time. We don't, you know, and, and that's okay. But, I mean, in our mindsets, food was my comfort. That was my thing. It wasn't just one thing. If a big project goes wrong, what do we do? We pacify ourselves with a treat. I remember even when I was younger, if my boyfriend broke up with me, get a chocolate. Go for some chocolate. That takes care of everything for us girls. Just get us some chocolate. 
And I even used to do this, and someone actually do it, used to do it too. If I had a bad day at work or a bad, I was going through a rough time, he would bring me my favorite candy bar, Snickers. Love them. He would bring me a Snickers, and then once again, I would sit there, and I would eat it in this weird way. I would I'd nibble at it, you know, and I'd whittle it down, and he'd make fun of me. And it's just, a, you know, and it was my, that was mine. That was my comfort. And I'm not saying that we can't have a treat ever so often, but we have to know our limitations, right? We have to be able to have self-control. Ooh. That's one of the fruits of the Spirit, isn't it? Self-control. Even the Israelites were given a portion at a time, weren't they? In the desert. It says in Exodus, Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and to gather enough for just that day. And in this way, I will test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. And if we apply this teaching to, and this verse here in Lamentations, he says, Lamentations says, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. She has one more quote that I felt compelled to share with you this morning from the Made to Crave book, and it was so good I had to share it. Grasping the truth that God is our portion has the potential to transform more than just our eating habits. It can transform our response to every aspect of our lives, every struggle we go through, that God is enough. He is our portion. He is the one we're to run to when we're having that difficult time and that struggle. Psalms 107.9 says, For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So what do we need to do? We need to pray. And we need to ask God to forgive us and to help us. Just like any other struggle that we may need healing over. To help us to look to him and not food to be the satisfier of our soul. The satisfier of our soul. To help us have self-control and to be mindful of our choices. So we can be productive members of the kingdom of God. See, Satan's going to try to hold you back and make you think about things and condemn you and make you feel guilty. So whatever you're feeling guilty about, look at it as a good thing and go, hey, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I need to take that to God because that's just Satan trying to sneak something in on me and make me feel bad about myself. And this is something I can take to God and he's going to help me through it. So thanks, Satan, because he's bringing something to your forefront that you need to deal with. So you can Take it to God and ask him to help you. I remember when I first got saved, uh, before I did, I remember thinking everything I was going to have to give up. Isn't that weird? I thought, yeah, but God, I really, really want to be sold out to you, but what about everything I'm going to have to give up, you know? And after I made the commitment to God, I was like, what was I thinking? Everything I gave up didn't matter. It was non-existent. It wasn't an issue. But 
everything I gained. Oh, what I gained was so much more than I could even think or imagine. I had peace. I had freedom from the guilt. I had forgiveness. I had healing. Those things that Satan tried, he didn't tell me about those things I was missing out on. So once you give up that struggle to God, there are things on the other side that you will be so glad you gave them up. And you went to God and said, here I am, just as I am. Take this from me and help me through it. Forgive me for hanging on to it for so long. Forgive me for not bringing you into the equation and asking him to heal you from that and to show you the way because you can't do it on your own. Satan has held us back way too long for being all that God wants us to be, hasn't he? Hasn't he? Church should be alive and well, and our presence should be made known in this world. And Satan has held us back too long, and we've got stuff to do. And we've got to evaluate ourselves, and we've got to run to him, and we've got to get bold. And we've got to ask God to show us the areas in our lives, ones like this or any other struggles that we need to get control over with his help. As Tim comes this morning, and we sing those last two songs because the wording in those songs are powerful and spot on for today's message from God. I want to leave you with 1 John 2, 15 and 16. It says this, and it's a very powerful two verses. Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world... The love of the Father is not in him. For everything in the world, the cravings of sinful man, the lust of his eyes, and the boasting of what he has and does comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. The world and its desires pass away. But the man who does the will of God lives forever. The man, that's right. Praise God. Praise God. We are not alone in our struggle. Isn't that good news too? You can't see God, but he is very real. He is very real. And if you're here this morning and you have never made that commitment, because we have several visitors, or you may have gone here your whole life. I went to church my whole life in my home church and didn't make a commitment to God till I was 23. And no one knew but me and God. No one knew. So if that's you, or you have never made a commitment to God and God's got you here today, this is your day. This is your day to say, God, I give up the struggle of trying to do things myself. I want you to come in and be the Lord of my life. But you have to mean it. You have to trust him. But you can. You can trust him because he's the one that made you 
and he knows you better than you know yourself. And if you have a struggle this morning that you're battling with, whether it's gluttony or whether it's something else that you're hanging on tight to, I beg you, I beg you, I've been on the other side of freedom, of healing and peace. I beg you to give God a chance. Give him a chance this morning, and he will show you things beyond your belief of what he could do for you and where he could take you to be an active member of the kingdom of God, not just a check in the box, I'm in, but an active member of the kingdom of God. He's got something in store for you, something big. The world may not think it's big, but I'm here at Glad Tidings. I'm not on TV. I'm not on the airways, but I'm here for now. I'm investing in my family. I'm investing in the ladies. I'm investing in you, and I wouldn't have it any other way because this is our time to make a difference. And if we don't rise up to it, who will? God left us with a commission to be his hands and his feet. And if we don't get out of our own way and do that, then we're not obeying him. And we're not doing well with what we have been given. So we're going to sing these songs. And at the end of these two songs, I'd ask for the prayer team to come forward. Or if you'd like to go ahead and do that. Yes, if the prayer team would come forward, go ahead and do that. And we're going to sing these two songs. And we've dismissed early enough to where we could take time to sing these songs and think about these words and take a moment to let God speak to you this morning. You are important in the kingdom of God. And he has a purpose and a plan for your life. So let him talk to you this morning. Give him a moment through these songs and let's stay and sing these together and let God speak to us this morning and then we'll dismiss.